Universal in Swahili is dedicated to all you beautiful people around the world. We say, Jumbo! Podcast. I'm Richard Lewis, your host, as we discuss issues related to global missions and the worldwide outreach of the Great Commission. Today I want to talk to you about an interesting uh, topic that actually has confused a lot of people down through the years, and me included, and that is on the call of God. I want to start off by telling you a story that uh, happened many years ago. My phone rang early in the morning and that within itself was unique. For 1977, our phone in Kenya was more of an ornament than a means of communication. And to make an overseas call, we had to go through the operator in Nairobi, and it was very expensive. I was startled, but I answered the phone, and on the other end of the line, a man with a distinct southern accent and ethically Texan asked this question. Brother Lewis, how do you know if God is calling you to be a missionary? Well, my first response was, who is this? It turned out that the call was from a pastor friend of mine. Confronted with the global need for people without the gospel of Christ, Bob was genuinely considering being a missionary, but he wasn't sure. Was it the emotion of missions that was troubling him? Or was God calling him to serve overseas? I'm not sure I was much of a help to Bob that day, and quite honestly, I still don't know how to answer that question. What is the call of God? Because of the, of the way people generally approach this subject, I've always been a bit of a skeptic about the call of God on a person's life. Therefore, it has been a challenge for me to answer people like Bob when discussing the call. In the Bible, there is a call of God that is unequivocal, and that is the call of God unto salvation. And there are many passages in the Bible that talks about people being called into salvation. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. In Colossians 3.15 the Bible says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. And again in 2 Thessalonians 2.14, it was for this he called you through our gospel, that you might gain the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church, or ecclesia, is a reference that we, who are believers, are the body of called out ones. So as it relates to a call, in reality, every Christian is called. The call to service is where I hesitate. There are indeed numerous passages throughout Scripture which give examples of people who have been called into his service for a specific task. From Moses to Elijah, Isaiah, Jesus calling his disciples, and of course the great New Testament example, the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, both unto salvation and to service. But Bob, I never had such a dramatic call to be a missionary 
or to go to Kenya specifically. I never heard a voice. I didn't have a vision of an African at the foot of my bed holding a spear saying, come and help us, as was the case of the Macedonian man who uh, appeared to Apostle Paul in Acts 16. And quite honestly, over the years, I have observed how many people, in my opinion, have misused this concept of the call of God into his service. I remember a guy who was going to Korea as a missionary who visited our church in America. We were standing outside my house and he blurted out, would you look at that, pointing to the ground? And I looked down bewildered and said, what, what are we looking at? He said that crack in the driveway, it looks just like the map of Korea. Everywhere I go, God affirms his call to me to go to Korea. I heard some time later that he did indeed go to Korea and lasted one year. Evidently God changed his mind when the guy got to the field or he missed the calling altogether. I don't mean to be unkind, but I've heard people use God's calling or leading for all kinds of interesting decisions. Like God is leading me to be a pastor in Dallas. Honestly, it has always been amazing to me how God seemingly loves people of Texas so much more than he does the people of Utah or Maine, as there are sure a lot more people led to the Lone Star State rather than the Pine State or the Beehive State. It's also interesting to me that so many missionaries are called to the Philippines, where the Christian population is ne nearly 87 million or 92% of the population, or the Dominican Republic, which is 80% Christian, but so few missionaries are called to go to places like Myanmar or Mali, West Africa, where the evangelical population is well under 1%. Having been a pastor in the U.S. myself, I have always been intrigued with the summer migration of pastors from one pulpit to another each year. It's like God is manipulating a giant cosmic chessboard every spring, moving Jake to leave his small church to take a better church, and then God moves or calls Ralph to take Jake's place, which means God must lead George to slide into Ralph's church. And it all seems to stop around the time to enroll the kids into school. I've heard people claim that God led them to buy a house or make a certain business deal or to date an unbeliever or even to divorce their spouse. So you can see why I'm dubious when it comes to the subject of God's call on people going into ministry or any other decision people make in their lives. Having given my objections to the term or phrase the call of God, let me try to answer how I believe God does his work in the lives of his children, recognizing that in the words of the Apostle Paul, I too indeed look through a glass darkly. I do believe that as a follower of Christ, we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. No second blessing here, just a straightforward reality that everyone who is a follower of Christ has the Holy Spirit living within them, according to Romans 8, 9 through 11. Since the Holy Spirit lives in us, he is our guide in everyday matters, or at least he should be. So how did I get to Kenya, Bob? 
Well, it was a process, and it goes something like this, though the steps are not necessarily in order. First, there must be a willingness to serve him anywhere. That eliminates a whole lot of people throughout the world. Though we sing, I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, over mountain or plain or sea, the truth of the matter is that most Christians I know are very happy living in their own country and don't really care uh, to go anywhere else. Some people don't even want to live outside their own state, county, or city. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it does limit an individual's option for overseas work. If you are willing to relocate, that is a huge step in the process. For me, being from Arkansas, moving to Texas, relocation wasn't an issue and later I transitioned to Africa. If, however, you have deep roots with family or location, it impedes lateral movement considerably. Second, there must be an awareness of need. I didn't know much about mission work until our local church had a missions conference and I met missionaries from Korea, Philippines, Switzerland, and Kenya. In Bible college I studied theology and never had a missions class. The global need light bulb came on for me listening and becoming aware of ministry outside of the Southwest. I regret that there are so few mission conferences in our churches today and even saddened more that the church in other parts of the world have never held a missions conference. For it is there which is the starting point in becoming aware of the global need for the Great Commission. Of course, a person can't stop at a superficial awareness of missions, but rather they need to continue to learn more about missions and missionary work and the global need throughout the world. And I'm hoping this podcast will help someone in that journey. Third, a person must be gifted in the ministry they are pursuing. I had been a pastor in the States for five years before jumping on a plane for the dark continent. My five years in Texas, teaching, preaching, discipling others, confirmed that I was at least gifted in doing these same tasks in another part of the world. The old adage is true. If a person isn't crossing the street to take the gospel to their neighbors, it's foolish to think they will do much for Christ crossing an ocean. This is a broad subject that is beyond the scope of this podcast, but giftedness is a primary component in our service to the Lord, no matter what you feel He is leading you to do. I do believe that some people are gifted to living in another culture and many are not. I'm not sure how a person determines they are gifted to live overseas before they go to the field. My wife and I had never lived or even visited a country outside of the U.S. before going to Kenya. Yeah, we did a one-week short-term trip to Mexico one year, but that's not enough time to gauge someone's readiness to live overseas. And just because a person has made many short-term trips to different countries, that in no way validates their ability to live on a foreign field long-term. Character-wise, I do think missionaries, especially pioneer missionaries, are a bit adventurous and have a spirit of entrepreneurship about them. 
It's the character of a David Livingston in Africa, or a William Carey in India, and a Hudson Taylor in China. Those who are willing to take a risk, try new things, and who are never satisfied with the status quo are the qualities of a cross-cultural servant. In like manner, I believe that anyone thinking about being a missionary or serving our Lord in any capacity, that they should have a desire for the task. Paul wrote to Timothy and said, The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. The Lord does not drag people into serving him. They should do it with a sense of eagerness and ambition. If you're married, it's obvious that both husband and wife must be on board in living overseas. I don't believe that the couple must have the same calling or leading, but they must at least be on speaking terms in making the decision before catching the next flight out of Dodge. My wife, Sandy, knew there was a deep dissatisfaction in my soul in being a pastor in our little town of 12,000 people, which had at least 100 churches in the area. During the missions conference, she sensed that God was moving in my heart about the worldwide need for the gospel. She was not surprised in my declaration of wanting to be a missionary. Africa was not her preferred place of service, but over a period of time in discussion and prayer, we both were in agreement in moving to Kenya, and in the 14 years we lived there, it turned out to be the right decision. If the husband or wife are not on board in making the decision where to serve, then it is obvious that this issue must be ironed out before proceeding. Here's the deal. The scripture says that man makes his plans, God directs his steps. I could give you many illustrations of plans I have made over the past 50 years of ministry and how some of those plans were abandoned and others proceeded based on what I believed was God's direction. In whatever decision we make in life, it must be bathed in prayer, discussed with family and friends. There is no perfect blueprint in determining God's will for our lives. I will say this, that for me personally, being a missionary has been one of the great joys of my life, and I speak for my family as well. I highly recommend it. Being a missionary is no greater calling than being an accountant, a high school teacher, or a carpenter. However, it is a rich and fulfilling life work. Well, there are many more things I could say on this subject on the call, and maybe we will touch on this matter in another podcast. By the way, Bob never did become a missionary, but served faithfully as a pastor in Texas for many years. It was the right place for him. In the process of God working in his heart about missions, he faithfully supported and prayed for missionaries for years, and still does. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. Whether you agree or disagree, leave a comment. If you disagree, that's okay. Just be charitable in your comments. My book, The Journey of a Postmodern Missionary, goes more into detail on this subject. And if you're interested in purchasing that book, send me an email and I will give you more information. Be sure to go to our website, www.lewis-training.com, 
to learn more about our work. And you can find me on Facebook under Richard G. Lewis. Until next time, God bless. It's no tongue twister. No problem. Welcome friend, it's Karibu Rafiki. Let's have some chai with lots of iliki. No problem.